Hi, I'm Lesha Holzaffel, and you're listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast, a podcast for moms who are ready to lose the weight they want without gaining it back by learning the holistic approach to nutrition and how our brains determine our long-term success. Welcome to the Fit Mom Squad. Welcome back to the Fit Mom Squad podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me, Amber. Hello, Amber from Biceps After Babies. Hey, I'm so excited to be here with you. I am so excited to finally have you on. Amber and I have been chatting for, for a while now. We have the same business mentor. Shout out to James Wedmore from Business by Design. And I was like, why did I never ask you to be on my show? It would be perfect. And then you reached out and I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. So I'm excited to talk about a topic that I don't really talk a lot about, which is your expertise, which is macros, because I have this, as I'm sure you know, because your audience could probably like resonate. It's like this love and hate relationship with it. And so we can dive into all of that, but really just the general feel of how you approach macros, I feel is way different than a lot of people and a lot of macro coaches out there. So let's just dive right in. So first of all, let us know who you are and what you do. I kind of, you know, spoiler alert, already, already ruined the surprise, but kind of who you are and who you help. Yeah, no, I'm super happy to be here. And this is a topic, there's a lot of nuance to this topic. I think people think macro counting is like very black and white, and there's a lot of nuance that we can get into today. But my name is Amber Brzezicki, and I started out as a nurse and working in critical care. My husband is a physician, so both of us are very, very science-minded. And, and then I started having babies. So I had two kids while I was working as a nurse, and by the time my husband was finished medical school and was into residency, I was pregnant with my third and it was time to, it wasn't making any sense financially anymore for us to like put our kids in daycare. And so I decided to stay home with my kids. Ended up having two more kids. So we have a total of four children. My oldest is just started driving. She's 15 and a half. And my youngest is almost nine. Actually, he'll be nine pretty soon. So we have, you know, swath of kids that has kind of changed the trajectory of like what I was doing. So I decided to stay home with my kids, but I'm not someone who can just like sit and I have to be doing something. And I love motherhood. It's you know one of the most important things that I do, but it's not the only thing that I do. And so I found myself with more time and wondering what I, what I could do with some of that time. And when I was growing up, my mom taught fitness classes. So some of my earliest memories are going to the YMCA and watching her teach old school step aerobics and you know, watching her lift weights. And I knew that that was something that could fit with being a mom because she used to you know, trek all of us kids to the gym and we would stay at the kids care and and she would teach classes. And that seemed like something that I would enjoy doing. And so that kind of brought me into the world of fitness. And I started teaching classes and I taught group fitness classes for years and years and years and really, really enjoyed that time period. But about eight years into it, I was exercising very, very regularly. Obviously, I was teaching five, six, seven classes a week. And I my body just like never changed. My body's always looked the same and there was never any transformation that was occurring. And I knew that the missing piece for me was nutrition. I had the workouts, they were dialed in, but I wasn't paying at all any attention to the food that I was eating. And I knew that was kind of that last, that key, that last piece that I needed to be able to create a transformation. So January of 2016, I set a New Year's resolution. I said, I'm going to get a six pack, not because a six pack is going to make you any cooler or better or whatever, but it was just, it was a goal. It was like, I wanted to see a change in my body. And it was around that time that I stumbled upon macro counting and being a nurse. As I read through it, I was like, well, this, this is logical. This makes scientific sense. Like if you understand biochemistry, if you understand nutrition, if you like it's, it's science. And so 
I said, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to try this on myself. And I did. And the results were incredible. In about, it was like eight to 10 weeks, I was able to lose 10 pounds. I had a six pack for the first time in my life. And it was like that missing piece, like unlocked my body responding for the first time. Yeah. So I just started sharing what I was learning and started an Instagram account. Never, 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 ever thought I was starting a business. That was not, right. that was not the plan. I just started sharing what I was doing. People started asking me to coach them. And that's how Biceps After Babies was born. That's awesome. Your story actually sounds a lot like mine, but just like the keto version. Yeah. yeah. So yours is like the macro version. Mine's mm-hmm. the keto. Like I, I became a stay-at-home mom. I went to college to be a dietitian. So I kind of had the nutrition mind, like background and stuff, but I was just bored. And then I like did keto, lost a lot of weight. People started asking, started yep. Instagram. Yeah. Never thought that I would have like <laughs> literally almost identical except for so different kind of avenues. Yeah. So when you did, when you started macro counting and, and you kind of dive into it, like how was it different from like what you learned to kind of how you approach generally macro counting now? Like, so I guess the question is like, okay, what's the difference between counting and tracking your macros than like just counting and tracking your calories. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Calorie in versus calories out is like the law of thermodynamics. Like, right. That's a very basic understanding that most people have that if I want to lose weight, I have to eat less calories than I burn. And that is true. And so a lot of times when I would try to do that in the past, and this wasn't the first time I tried to lose weight, like I had four babies. (laughs) My body had changed a lot. Like, I had periods of time when I was trying to lose weight in the past and I always just thought that, oh, I just need to eat less. And so what I would do in order to do that, would I would be, okay, this week I'm not going to eat any sugar and I'm not going to eat any processed food and I'm just going to eat super clean. And I would start out really well, you know, at the beginning of the week saying, okay, I have all this willpower. I have all this desire. I'm going to say no to all the cookies and the cake. And I would do that good for, you know, out a string of three, four, maybe five days. And at some point I would just break down. It was like the pizza was there and I just, I really wanted the pizza, darn it. Or, you know, friends were going out to ice cream and I just really wanted that. And then I went through that whole cycle that so many women are familiar with where you just beat yourself up. Like, oh, I said I wasn't going to eat any sugar and here I am, you know, halfway through a carton of ice cream. And then you get into like the, well, screw it. I'm just going to finish the carton of ice cream. I'm just going to finish the weekend and just have some fun. And then I'll restart again on Monday. And I found myself in that cycle over and over and over again. And so, you know, this idea of just like, we'll just eat less, it was actually backfiring on me. And I wasn't able to create a caloric deficit from that. So there's nothing, I think it's really important for people to understand that the beauty of macro counting is that you're able to create a caloric deficit. So calories in versus calories out matters. You have to be in a caloric deficit, whether it's keto, whether it's intermittent fasting, whether it's Atkins, whether it like any, you have to be in a caloric deficit, right? That's just science in order to lose fat. So you have to be in a caloric deficit. What makes macro counting a really awesome tool for a lot of people to be able to use is that it allows you to not just create a caloric deficit, but to make sure that the food that you are eating is balanced in a way that's going to support you and the things that you want to do. The thing that people, a lot of people don't understand is that macros make up the calories of your food. So macro just means large. It's a nutrient that you need in a large amount. And those are your carbs and your fat and your protein. That's what gives your food calories. Each of those things does something different in your body. And we need a little bit of all of them to be able to support the the things that, that our body does. And so by counting macros, all you're doing is you're creating a caloric deficit, but you're able to create a balance between all of those macronutrients in a way that's going to be really effective for your body and allow you to be able to maintain muscle while you're in that caloric deficit. Because what happens a lot of times, if you just say, hey, create a caloric deficit, 
cut calories, people don't know where to pull those calories from. And so oftentimes what happens is your protein gets really low and then you end up losing muscle mass instead of fat. And so macro counting, it's, it's not magic. There's nothing magic about macros. It is a tool like other tools, right? Keto is a tool. Intermittent fasting is a tool. Carb cycling is a tool. These are all different tools that can be used and manipulated in different ways to be able to get results. But the thing that really stood out to me with macro counting and a lot of the women that I coach feel the same way is I revolt when someone tells me that I can't do something. I don't want somebody telling me that I can't eat sugar or I can't eat a pizza or I can't eat ice cream. That only makes me want it more. Yeah. And so I found the beauty of macro counting was that when I I had control of what I could eat in order to hit my macros. And that allowed me a lot more freedom for me personally to be able to have some ice cream, have some pizza, be able to fit it into my macros and still be able to hit my goals that I wanted to hit. Yeah. And it's important to note that like, yeah, for some women, they might have to temporarily maybe give up certain foods because of health conditions or hormonal issues or diabetes and this and that. But overall, when you're looking at really the key is, and I know you know this because you teach this all the time is like, long-term sustainability, which is why, you know, after so many years of keto, I was like, hmm, okay, there's something missing here. Long-term sustainability is really the key because anyone can go on a diet and lose weight, but can you keep it off? That's the bigger question. Cause like, it's easy to lose weight. And so when you're talking about you, you mentioned something losing fat. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women get confused about the difference between fat loss versus weight loss. And you mentioned something really important about the protein, because again, you could lose muscle and still lose weight, but you're not going to be metabolically healthy. You're not really going to look how you want to look. You'll what I call like skinny fat, right? Nobody Mm -hmm. likes skinny fat. Mm -hmm. So can you describe the difference between fat loss and weight loss and which one is superior and, and why we should focus more on, you know, one versus the other? Yeah. Well, you just already gave like a beautiful example of how you can lose weight and have it not be fat. So weight is simply everything in your body that has mass and contributes to your overall weight. That means the amount of water that you're carrying, the amount of muscle that you're carrying, the amount of fat that you're carrying, your organ tissue, your skin, all of those things contribute to your weight. And so the scale, the number on the scale can go down. And a lot of women have been trained to equally associate that with fat. So they hop on the scale, the scale is down a pound and they automatically say, well, I just lost a pound of fat or they hop on the scale on the scale is up a pound. And now the immediate assumption is I've gained a pound of fat, but weight can move up and down independent of fat leaving or entering your body. Just because the scale is down does not mean that you've lost fat. And just because the scale is up does not mean you've gained fat. In fact, a lot of times what we're seeing in those day-to-day fluctuations is simply water weight and water goes in and out of your body all day long. And if you eat more sodium, you're going to retain more water. If you, you know, need to poop, you're going to have, you're going to weigh a little bit more. If you have more stress in your life, you're going to retain water. If you eat less carbohydrates, you're going to have less water because your body stores water with carbs. And that fluctuation doesn't necessarily mean any fat has gained or left your body. It simply means that there is something leaving and and going out. And oftentimes it's water, but in other places it, it can be muscle. And that's what we really want. Like you highlighted so beautifully. That's what we really want to avoid is we don't want to lose muscle mass because muscle is the most metabolically active tissue in our body, meaning it burns the most amount of calories at rest compared to anything else. 
And so the more muscle mass you have on your body, the more metabolically active you are, the higher your metabolism is, the more food you can eat. Like women love to be able to hear that. Oh, I can eat more food if I have more muscle. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So one of the reasons muscle is so awesome. And one of the reasons that we really want to protect it when we're in a caloric deficit, our body's going around in a caloric deficit. Our body is going around looking for calories and we want it to pull from fat. We don't want it to pull from muscle. Yep. And so by lifting and by eating higher protein that allows our body to have access to the amino acids that it needs to have access to without going and pulling from our muscle and we're able to maintain that muscle mass. Yeah. And I love that you said that because that's literally what I tell my clients all the time. It's like they get so obsessed about the scale, the effing scale. I'm like, the scale's (laughs) a line B that lies. And you know, we track a lot of data points. So I'd be interested to hear what you track. But like in my carb cycling program specifically, I have them track weights, body fat and measurements. And then obviously progress photos, because sometimes like the weight will fluctuate again, water, muscle, and fat is weight loss. And then fat is fat. But then we see the body fat going down or the inches going down or the just body composition. You know, I have clients that like, they'll kind of hover around the same, but looking at their photos progression, like, girl, you look like lipping, like lean, like, are you not seeing this? And they're just so obsessed with the scale. So how do you have your clients? How does paying attention and tracking fat loss look like in your coaching and how you do it in macros 101 and stuff? Yeah. I mean, you're exactly right. Is, you know, the scale tells you your weight. It does not tell you how much fat is on your body. And that's the problem. Like the scale actually is very accurate in telling you your weight. You're just, that's not what we like are only looking at is we don't really care about your weight. You care about fat loss. And so we have to take that data point and we have to put it in a bigger picture with other data points. And I'm the same as you. Like I have my clients track their measurements. I have them track their weight. I have them track their progress pictures. We're also looking at, you know, non-scale victories. How are you feeling in your clothes? How do your clothes fit? So all of those things. And that gives us those data points. If we take all of them and we put them together, that gives us a trend. And a lot of times people are trying to make decisions about whether something's working or not by a single data point. And I don't know if you remember, but back in, a, in you know, middle school, I, I learned about scatter plots. And I learned that if you have one data point, you can draw an infinite number of lines through that data point. But if you have multiple data points, well, now you start to see trends. And now you start to see, am I trending in the right direction? And so that's why having so many data points is so important is because if you just have one data point, Oftentimes people are making inaccurate assumptions. Like you said, the scale's not moving. And you're like, yeah, but have you seen how many inches you've lost? Like you're making an inaccurate assumption that it's not working when in reality it is. And the number of women who quit something that is working, that they think is not working because they're just looking at the scale is like, oh, many people. Highlight of this episode, like truly, (laughs) if you heard anything so far, like repeat, rewind and re-listen to that point. Yeah, it's just it's and then what happens is they say they make an inaccurate assumption it's not working and then they quit and you and i both know that the only way to make sure you do not get the results you want is to quit like that's Mm -hmm. there's your guarantee you don't want to get results quit and that's what happens with so many people and so when you can really start to understand what the scale tells you and what it doesn't tell you and you can pull in those other data points like you mentioned that you track with your clients well now we can get trends we can get a bigger picture and we can manipulate not saying that it's, it's always trending in the right direction, but a lot of times it is. And if it isn't, well, now we have an understanding. We know what your body's doing. We can figure it out and we can make adjustments and tweaks to be able to get you onto the trend and in the direction you want to see. Yeah, that's so powerful. And honestly, if women can just realize that, it would be just so much easier for it's them. Because then 
what they end up doing, Amber, and I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this, like, oh, it's not working. Let me cut my calories even more. Let me <laughs> keto harder. Let me fast longer. Exactly. And it's like when I'm like, no, let's get you to the opposite, like getting eating as much food as you can and still losing fat. So at that point, it's like, and this wasn't something I was going to dive into maybe like really briefly, or I'd have you come back because one thing is like the whole refeeding thing yeah. and the reverse dieting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. So first of all, can you just quickly define that and kind of who would, would need to do that from a standpoint of that? They just keep cutting, cutting, cutting and nothing's working. Yeah. Well, so understanding why that happens to you, why you feel like I just keep eating less and less and less and it's still not working. You have to understand metabolic adaptation. You have to understand that our metabolism, the amount of calories that we burn is not static. It goes up and down based on you know several factors. But one of those big factors is based on how much you eat. So the more food you eat, the more your calories your body gets used to burning. And when you start eating less, your body's goal is to keep you alive. And so if your body notices you eating less calories than you need, your body gets smart and it says, hmm, I need to figure out a way to keep this person alive. So I'm going to downregulate a lot of the body processes that consume calories. And so it's why when people eat really low calories, they tend to have less energy, they tend to move less, they tend to sleep more. It's because your body is literally trying to keep you alive by making you burn the least amount of calories possible. So your metabolism actually adapts and adjusts. I often use with my clients the analogy of a fire. The fire burns really roaring hot if you put fuel into the fire, but if you start starving the fire and you start taking the logs out, the fire is gonna dwindle. And that's what happens to people's metabolisms. And so if you've been dieting for a really long time, what will happen is your, your body and your metabolism has now dropped. And so then you feel like, oh, the solution is I just need to eat less. Mm -hmm. Your metabolism has adapted and it continues to adapt. And so you think the solution is just to eat less and less and less, but your body is really smart and it keeps up with you and you don't see any fat loss. And this is how I get clients, I'm sure you do too, who are eating 500, 600, 800 calories. And they're like, I'm calories, still, yep. thousand calories. I'm not, yeah. I'm not losing weight. And they think the solution is to keep going down. And you're exactly right that the solution is actually the complete opposite. Your metabolism can also adapt upwards, right? The fact that it's down-regulated isn't death sentence. It doesn't mean it's always going to be there. It can increase over time. And so that's what I, we do with reverse diet is we coax the metabolism up by slowly, slowly. I'm not saying go from 1,000 calories to 2,000 calories because you will gain a ton of fat in that process. Your body is primed to gain fat. But if we start at 1,000 calories and we increase you to 1,100, we let your body regulate and get to that point where it's burning more calories. And then we get to 1,200 calories and we let it regulate. And we get to 13 and we let it regulate. And this process doesn't have to take months and months and months, but it's, it is a step-by-step -step process where you are allowing your body that time to have that adaptation. And now I've gotten clients who came to me eating 800 calories eating upwards of 2,200 calories and not gaining any weight. Like yeah. that's what blows people's minds. Mm -hmm. And now your metabolism's firing at 2,200 calories. Now you can create a caloric deficit at 1,700, 1,600. And now you're eating way more calories than you were previously and you actually start to see fat loss. So that's the beauty of being able to be smart and understand the science behind this and be able to use metabolic adaptation to your advantage. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. It's like you need to retrain your metabolism because again, yep. it does adapt to whatever you do both ways. And and I have clients too. I just, when you were talking, I thought about a client that was, she was eating 800 to a thousand calories and 
I bumped her up and we kind of slowly did it, titrated it. And she was freaking the F out. She's yeah, like, I'm going to gain so much weight. This is so much food. She was freaking out. And I'm like, just trust me. Just let, let's just try this. Right. And so she like begrudgingly, I'm like, you're a VIP. You're paying lots of money. You're going to try this. Yeah. And of course she lost fat and she yeah, was freaking, her mind was blown. And sometimes it's like getting over that fear, those limiting beliefs yeah. and just trusting and just trying like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? I'll gain 10 pounds and then, and then I'll go decide from there. Like, shoot, was that too much? Do I need to go down? But so when it comes to macro counting, like here's, so, you know, we get what macros are and all that stuff. And I'm sure you'll talk in the end of kind of how you, you teach that and what you have coming up to kind of help women get started with that. So stay to the end. Cause she's, we got a surprise for you, but what do you say when people are like, well, isn't macro counting just another diet? Because now I'm weighing my food and yeah. being that obsessive person that's got the scale out and in a restaurant and like my fitness pal and scanning the barcodes and like obsessing about oh I can't eat oh I went over that so how do you explain how do you answer that question when someone's like well Amber isn't macro counting just another diet yeah it's a fantastic question and I would answer it can be and the this is and I think actually a lot of coaches teach it in a very diety way where they say Here's your numbers. You have to hit them. Oh, you went over. Well, then don't do that anymore. You got to be right on track. And oh my gosh, you like, I can't believe you didn't do it. And it just, it does. It becomes just another diet where like now the rule is you have to hit these numbers. And that becomes the new confines and the new requirements of the diet. But saying that it can be a diet doesn't, isn't the same as saying that it is a diet. And how you approach and utilize the tool of macro counting really, really, really matters. So I, I love this analogy of, of a tool because that's really how I approach macro counting with my clients of realizing that this is all we're dealing with is scientific principles. Like it is a tool, just like a hammer. A hammer can be used in lots of different ways. You can bang a nail with it. You can pull out a nail with it. You can build a house. You can tear down a house. Like the hammer itself is just an inanimate object. Now, what really matters is when you pick up that hammer, the person who picks up that hammer and uses it, that matters what they want to, how they want to use it, how they want to manipulate, what do they want to tear something down or do they want to build something? And so that's why I focus so much on my coaching. Tool of macro counting is science, but how we pick it up and how we apply it to ourselves and how we use it in our own journey makes a big difference. And I teach a lot in my program about the dieter mindset of really, again, taking macro counting and just creating it into another diet and instead moving into the scientist mindset. I like to help my clients become what I call a macro scientist, where you're really able to understand macros, understand nutrition, but apply it to your life, not apply your life to macro counting. And so that means, hey, maybe you aren't weighing everything. Hey, maybe you are taking breaks from tracking. Hey, maybe you are giving yourself a range. Hey, maybe you are just focusing on protein and calories. And getting rid of the dogma that like macro counting has to be, be a certain way. I just think that's so harmful to women. I think it's harmful. It makes us feel bad about ourselves. It makes us feel like, oh gosh, I'm the problem. If I could just freaking stick to this thing, then I'd be successful and I'm just a loser. No, like we need to make this work for you. This needs to be customized to you. And moving away from that idea that there's only one way to count macros, I think is if I could preach anything to like the macro counting world, that would be it. Yeah. So I think the... Here's kind of the stumbling block that I come across because I mean, with keto and stuff, it's like, yeah, we have macros. The way that I teach keto is more of like a holistic approach where, you know, it's more for like healing reasons and, and all of that stuff hormonal. But with the carb cycling, it's like, we need to 
pay attention to the macros because most of these women don't even know how many carbs is like this number anymore. So here's kind of the struggle that I find, and I'm sure you find this as well. It's like, if I don't hit my macros 100% every day, I might as well not even do it at all. So it's like they become like obsessed with the numbers and, and hitting every single one. And then like eventually some of them are like, I feel like I'm on my way to an eating disorder because I am so obsessed about the macros. And of course, like you said, beating themselves up. So how do you approach that? Like, how is your way? How is your program different in a way that like, how do you teach and prevent women from having this obsession and the eating disorders? And you mentioned a little bit how, like you said, you don't really have to track every day, but is that like kind of individually based on the person is, do you have like a a system where they just start with this? And, And how do you figure that out with clients that you're working with? Yeah, a great question. And I think it's so important as we approach this that we start to question some of the very commonly held beliefs that we just have grown up with. And some of those beliefs, and and this is why I talk so much about this diet or mindset, like these beliefs are no fault of your own. You have been told this from day one and you've just grown up believing it. But when you continue to bring those beliefs of that diet or mindset into macro accounting, you turn it into a diet. So some of those beliefs are the harder it is, the better it will work. That's a very common one. We have this idea that the harder something is, the better it will work. And so we think making it complicated, making it really challenging. This is where women like feel like if 1200 calories is going to help me lose weight, then thousand calories is even better, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's harder. It's more extreme. And so we come in with this idea that the, the harder something is, the better it will work. And we bring that into macro counting. And so then we bring that in and we think, the other one is like, I have to be perfect in order to be successful, right? That's a huge one that we have grown up believing for a lot of us that perfection is required. And so we, again, we bring that belief into macro counting. We see these numbers and we see them as gospel truth, that that's what you have to hit. Again, but that that's coming from you bringing that in to macro counting, not that that's what macro counting is. Mm-hmm. And again, I, there's no fault of your own. So many coaches teach it as a very black and white. They're like, this is your macros. You have to hit them. And I think that they do that with from a good place, from a good heart of like trying to serve their clients. But I think for a lot of women, it does them a disservice because in the back of their mind, they already have that. I have to be perfect in order to be successful. And now you're just like throwing gasoline on (laughs) that belief and making it even bigger. And that's where that leads to the eating disorders, right? That leads to the obsession. That leads to the tracking in every or weighing every single piece of lettuce and tracking every single tomato and, Mm -hmm. you know, beating yourself up if you're five grams over on your calories or or on your carbs. So of course there is balance in that. I'm not saying you can do whatever the flip you want and just be successful. You can eat whatever you want. You like don't have to be anywhere near these numbers. That's, you know, just as that's the other side of the same coin. What we're looking for is a balance in there. And so what I like to tell clients is, hey, you're coming to me already doing something, whatever it is, you're mm-hmm. doing whatever workouts you're doing, you're doing whatever eating you're doing, you're eating as much protein as you like. And what you're doing right now is very easy for you because it's what you've been doing. Fantastic. Our goal is to change the least amount possible in order to get results. And I think a lot of women approach it of like, how much can I change? All at how once. fast can I change it all yeah. at once? All at because once. that's going to give me the best results. But what it ends up leading to is burnout. It ends burnout. up leading to people getting obsessed. That leads to eating mm-hmm. disorders. And Self-sabotage. so if we can, mm-hmm. yes, all the things, right? And which is like not a fast way to get to the results that you want. So it's, it's so ironic. We say, I want to get there as fast as possible. So I'm going to change as much as possible 
And that actually leads you to get in there slower because you end up self-sabotaging and you quit and you get burned out and all the things. Mm -hmm. So if we can approach this and we say, what are you already doing? How can I change the least amount possible to get you moving in the right direction? And so that can look like for my clients who are coming in and I have them, I always have them track their normal intake. I think that's a really important like starting point for me as a coach to be able to see what are you already eating? Mm-hmm. How much protein are you already consuming? Fantastic. You're consuming 60 grams of protein. I am not setting your protein at 160. Like that's, yeah. that is Even a recipe you know for disaster. You want to. <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster, right? They need. You know you want to, but you can't so, like, you can't right, go so, from 60 to So we go, so we go to 80 or a hundred, yeah. right? We add like 40 grams of protein and that's going to be a challenge for that client. Like they're going to have to work at that. That's going to be, it's going to stretch them. It's going to push them, but I'm trying to change the least amount of possible for them to start moving in that direction, to get some confidence, to get some like results and to start to have that compound effect that happens with that yeah. momentum instead of trying to, to change it all at once. But again, that comes back to, I work a lot with my clients about what's going on in their head because mm-hmm. if they're coming in, continuing to believe that perfection is required, that the harder it is, the better it works. If they continue to con- think that, we're going to have problems. And so we do a lot of work on, hey, what, what do you think about this process? What do you think about your body? What do you think about mm-hmm. the results? Why do you want the results? And, mm-hmm. and that is a key piece that helps it to not become obsessive, to not become something where it's, it's all encompassing, which is not at all what I want. Yeah. And I think that's where your coaching and your style and your program is so different than than other macro counting coaches and programs, because you focus a lot on the mindset, right? And yeah. this is something that I've noticed just following you is that like, yeah, sure. You teach macros. Like, again, it's a tool. It's like, yeah. Right. But you then it's the like, science, and I've said this science. before, it's like, sure, I'll calculate your macros for you. But then you come back in a week and you're not following them. It's like, yeah. why not? <laughs> you said you wanted like the macros. If only I knew my macros. Like I, because yeah, it's I'll like magic. Perfect. Everyone yeah. just like thinks it's like this magic pill. It's not a, mm-hmm. it's not magic. There's no magic yeah. associated with it. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, oh, if only it's just like so many women just like, you know, why aren't you hitting your, why are you not at your goal weight? Cause I don't know my macros. Oh. And then the other one's like, cause I'm not exercising. Yeah. Like, like the, the top two answers, like, no, no, and no, but the way I love that you that you give them this tool of macro counting and help them figure that out, but also the mindset stuff is really what holds them back, like the roadblocks and the mindset blocks, which is something that you dive into in your upcoming challenge. I have been through your challenge just because I love your work. I love watching what you're doing. I love stalking you. And honestly, like I'm not even like crazy about macros and I learned so much and enjoyed it so much. So I want to pivot and talk about that. But before we do, I just have one question that I want to ask you about long-term sustainability when it comes to macro counting, because let's say, you know, my listeners, a lot of them, well, most of them are women moms and a lot of them are interested in like low carb keto way, but you know, they don't want to do it forever. And I guess they're one of the biggest concerns is like, okay, let me, I want to do the macro thing, but let's say I do it and I get to my ideal weight. Do I have to then count and track my macros for the rest of my life? Like, how does this work after when I get to my goals? Yeah, it's so good. And my short answer to that is no. In fact, I I don't want my clients counting macros long term. I, I think it is a it is a tool to be used for a specific period of time. And what I find with people who count macros, so we can really quickly just kind of go through there's there's four phases of macro counting. There is what we call a cut, which is a caloric deficit. There is a reverse, which is what we talked about earlier of you're titrating those calories back up. There's maintenance, which means you're eating the same amount of calories you're burning. And then there's caloric surplus, which we often call a bulk. And we do that in order to stimulate muscle growth. So there's those those four phases. 
And what I find is that as clients go through those phases, they go through their cut, they go through their reverse, they spend some time tracking at maintenance, because I really highly recommend clients spend a good amount of time at maintenance and at least track there for a while so they know what it feels like, that during that period of time, what they're doing is they're teaching themselves portion sizes. They're teaching themselves nutrition. They're teaching themselves what is in the food that I'm eating on a regular basis. And so those that information, that knowledge that you gain through that process doesn't leave you. You maintain that knowledge and understanding. And that is the important foundation that you need for long-term change and long-term like sustainability. And so what I like to do is after we get clients to maintenance and we have them track at maintenance so they know, you know, now they're eating 1700 calories or 2000 calories. I want you to know what it feels like to eat 2000 calories regularly. And I want you to track that so you can get a sense of like, okay, this is about this much food and this is how I split this out and this is what I need to eat to hit these numbers. And then I help them to wean off of it because I, it's like, a, it's like training wheels on a bike, right? The training wheels give you, they help you balance, they help you find that center of gravity, but then you take them off and you can now ride and you don't need to go back necessarily to the training wheels. It's the same thing. I like to help clients be able to take those training wheels off. Now you've been able to feel what it feels like to have balance. You've been able to feel what it feels like to eat three cookies instead of 12. You've been able to feel what it feels like to have one slice of pizza instead of the whole box. Like you've been able to feel what moderation, everyone says eat with moderation. And most women are like, what the flip is moderation? I don't even know what moderation right. feels like. Yeah. I've never experienced moderation. So mm -hmm. we want you to experience moderation, to feel what it feels like to track that and know what that looks like, and then be able to titrate and wean off of the tracking. I, I don't want my clients tracking long-term. Yeah. I don't track macros. People are always like, ask me like, well, what are your numbers? I'm like, I actually don't track macros. I use yeah. it as a tool for a specific period of time if I have a goal I'm trying to hit. Yeah. Right now I'm living my life. Like I'm I'm not shooting for any ascetic goals. I've built a lot of muscle. I'm not really even shooting to like add a ton of muscle. I'm just living my life. So I'm not tracking anymore. But that doesn't mean that I don't have a knowledge or understanding of portion sizes, of how much protein I need, of what foods I can you know, go to to be able to get that much protein. And so you're able to maintain those results without having to be so meticulous in the long term. Plus, when you're at maintenance, you have a lot more wiggle room. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't understand that because they're used to being so strict in a deficit to like maintain that deficit. When you get to maintenance, you got more wiggle room and it's yeah. a beautiful place to be and why we want to spend most of the time there. Yeah. And like you said, you, you get used to it. You start to realize, yeah. oh, well, this is how much, you know, hundred grams of protein a day usually looks like, or this is yeah. how much of that of carbs. Like after you do it, you practice it, just practice. You won't have to constantly be measuring because you'll just like out of memorization. I love that. So let's talk about the challenge. What is it? Who's it for? What are you going to cover? And why does everyone listening have to sign up for it? Because yeah. it's not just about macros, guys. It's yeah, it's actually not even about macros. Like I don't even call it a macro counting challenge because yeah. again, like I say, it, it's a tool and that tool is wielded by somebody, right? So if you imagine like a hammer, a hammer is the tool and it doesn't do anything on its own. It just sits there. But then someone comes and picks it up and they use it and they wield that tool and they either hammer in a nail or, you know, pull out the nail or break down the wall or build a wall or whatever. They, they can use that tool however they want to. But what really matters is the person who is wielding the tool. And so what I realized was a lot of coaches and previously when I was, you know, a newer coach is I would take this really powerful tool and I would just like hand it over to clients and be like, here, just like use this tool. It's like my daughter started driving. It's like giving your 16 year old a really nice car and just being like, here, figure it out. Right? <laughs> figure no out how to use it. <laughs> Not going to happen. Yeah. But no. So like, what do I do with my daughter is I like, we practice and we start slow and we focus on 
her confidence and what are the steps that she needs to do. We focus on the person who is driving the car or the person who is picking up the tool. And so I had this realization and realized I was doing my clients a disservice by just being like, here's this really powerful tool, go and use it without first stopping to focus on the person who is doing the using of the tool. And so that's where the five day challenge came into play is like, we need to take some time and we need to address you as a person. We need to address some of the, the history that you've had, some of the beliefs that you're coming in, some of the blocks that you have that have prevented you from being able to get the results that you want and be able to really start focusing on the foundation of your success, which is you, because mm -hmm. you bring you into everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And so why are we not focusing on the person who is, is using the tool? So that's really what the challenge is about. I call it a five days to a fitter you challenge. And the whole process is building a foundation for you so that again, whether you count macros, whether you go and do keto, whether you go and do carb cycling, those are all tools. They're all just different tools. But the same thing applies with all the tools. Like you're still going to be the one using the tool. You have to be able to have that foundation. And so, you know, whether you want to count macros or you hate macro counting, most of the challenge is going to be focused around you and building a foundation for your success in whatever you do. Okay. And so if somebody is doing like low carb keto, but they still kind of want to learn, you think the benefit of like the days that you have structured and what you're going to cover, like they could still count yeah. macros and still be low carb if they just for whatever totally. reason, health reason they wanted totally. to do that. Yeah. And that's the thing about macro counting is that like you're eating certain macros, whether you count them or not. If you're doing yeah. keto, like you're still eating certain macros. Like we eat macros. They're just, that's just what we do, whether you're counting them or not. With macro counting, you're just simply being intentional about what, how much you want to eat of each. And so, yeah, you can take macro counting and you can pair it with intermittent fasting. You can take macro counting, you can pair it with carb cycling. You can take macro counting and pair it with keto. Like you can, it simply is a tool that it just has so many uses. So I would say days one, two, and three, like I don't really talk about macros at all. It's all focused on you as the person. We start to introduce a little bit more about macro counting in days four and five, but whether or not that is a tool that you want to use in the long term, you're still going to find a ton of value from especially days one through three of the challenge. Yeah. And it's free. And it's free. So, so what do you got to yeah, lose? Definitely sign up. I'll put the link in the show notes. Like I said, I've been through your challenge and I agree. I was like, there were so many, you have a lot of like mindset exercise and you have a lot of really cool things that I was like, wow, this is like so great for me. And I even do this for a living. <laughs> my sure, own yeah. person. So it was truly amazing. So definitely go sign up for that. I'll put that link in there. And then if somebody wants to, if they want to connect with you, Amber, Where's the best place to connect with you? I know you also have a podcast, but give us all the deets. Yeah. So I do have a podcast. It's Biceps After Babies Radio. You can come over there. We talk about macro counting. We talk about health and fitness. We talk about lifting, so all the, the health and fitness things. And you can also connect with me over on my Instagram, which is Biceps After Babies. Awesome. Really easy. Everything's Biceps mm -hmm. After Everything's Babies. Everything's Biceps After Babies. It. That's right. All right. We'll put everything in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. I feel like we need to get you back on so we can talk about like the reverse dieting and yeah, like we can one. talk all day and that's such a big topic. So maybe we can have you back on, but thank that's you. Awesome. Thanks so much. This is really fun. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to leave me a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. Don't forget to tag me at BSB Tribe. If you want even more resources, make sure to go to www.bsbtribe.com and head on over to a private community on Facebook, Fit Mom Squad, so that you can get connected with other moms who are crushing their health goals. I can't wait to see you on the inside. Until next time, keep focused on your goals, mama.